What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right, welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started today, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at the Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash the Viking Age. All right, joining the show today is someone who has been on the show in the past. He's a longtime writer for us here at the Viking Age, and his name is Adam Carlson. So welcome back to the show, Adam. Hey, thanks for having me back. I love coming on podcasts and doing things like this. I'm also on uh, another podcast for fan-sided pretty regularly. I'm on the Undead Walking podcast once in a while where I go to talk about The Walking Dead. So any chance I get to talk about anything, I'm there, especially with the fun that I have over on the People podcast as well. Go check those out for sure. All right, the most... Recent Vikings-related news is the official departure of safety Anthony Harris. He has agreed to a one-year deal with the Eagles worth only $5 million. Um, so you recently wrote something up on the Viking Age about potential candidates to replace Harris. So listeners, go check that out if you haven't already. But how big of an impact do you think his departure will have on the Vikings defense next season? Well... First, let's take a look at the impact of his exit as a whole. This is something I haven't really written about, but it's something that's going to impact the team in a big way. When they rolled the dice by bringing him back with that tag last season, Mm -hmm. they assumed that they were going to get a decent compensatory pick if he got signed out of free agency. With that $5 million price tag that he got, Minnesota is not going to be getting much, if anything, Mm -mm. back in that and the investments they put into bringing him back kind of went into a bit of a faulty season where uh, investing that kind of money from the salary cap didn't pay off whatsoever. And they'd kick a lot of salaries down the road to be able to afford to bring him back. Mm -hmm. So uh, the impact of that gamble not paying off for Minnesota is huge. Yeah, I think um, it's just interesting to see how much little he got this year compared to the franchise tag that he was making last year when he was making what it was like 11 million. Yeah. Um, so 
that's a pretty significant drop off. I mean, I'm not surprised because I feel like safeties are becoming less and less valued around the league, unless you're like <laughs> Jamal Adams or uh, <laughs> or something like that. A special guest appearance uh, by Adams Cat right now. She's oh yeah, he's, he's uh he's taking advantage of his his camera time. Uh, but back to Anthony Harris. He uh yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see because he did have a, a really good season in in 2019 and then even 2018 he, he right. did really well. But the Vikings have proven in the past, like Mike Zimmer's proven, you they can still have a good season. Uh, Anderson Deho, you know, they did well with him back there uh, somehow. And then, you know, there was a couple seasons, I think, where they had like Robert Blanton or something back there, and they, they did yep. okay. So I don't think it's going to be as big of an impact um, as maybe someone like, you know, when Daniil Hunter wasn't on the field. But I think they'll still feel it unless they figure out a way to, to get a veteran in there or, or maybe use one of their early round picks on a safety i think that could be uh something they look to do now well For taking sure. a look over their roster it doesn't look like the replacement is on the roster at no. the moment unless unless you mentioned before we even start recording that they uh they moved peterson to patrick peterson to safety which is something that's been thrown out there already since he's yeah there's the been Vikings. some fans talking about it on social media there have been some uh former athletes and uh as well as chris thompson talked about it a little bit Yep, Chris he, talked, on the Pioneer he, Press. he talked to Leroy Butler of the yeah, formerly of the Packers. So it's not something that's absolutely out of the question. No, but I, yeah, I think, the, the yeah. rest of the roster at safety right now, it's a lot of unproven players that are mostly special teams role players mm-hmm. that would be getting their first start in the NFL if they became starters this year. That's not to say they're not capable of doing the job. I was going to say you do you do think about that because Anthony Harris was he was an undrafted free agent and you know we talked about Sandejo earlier he was I think he was undrafted too as well yeah. so you know there's guys out there that maybe aren't as obvious but the Vikings could find and you know undrafted or a cheap free agent or something like that that they can you know bring in and and build up because they they have the luxury of having a guy back there by the name of Harrison Smith who kind of makes up for uh you know anything the other guy doesn't do well. So. Seeing these other safeties getting signed because uh, Keanu Neal also got a five yep. million dollar deal, yep, which was the name that was linked to Minnesota for a little while as I well. I think to be a linebacker too. Ooh. It's not even to be a, a safety. He's I think he's moving to linebacker. I think he w- went wow. with the Cowboys. But seeing those five million dollar deals come through, it does make you think that Minnesota would be able to land a safety, a starting safety with some experience for pretty cheap. And be yeah. able to plug them in until they can find a long-term replacement on the for the defense. But uh, this year's draft class at safety, there's not a ton of players that I think are going to go early or yeah. are really worthy of a first-round pick at all. Yeah, they're more they're more they're more late, probably late first-round, second-round kind of guys. And the Vikings yep. don't have a second-round pick, so true. But yeah, they're they're more developmental guys or just players with high upsides. Mm-hmm that still have some flaws. Uh, I, I've expressed my love for Paris Ford in this draft yeah. way too many times. <laughs> and I'm sure readers are getting sick of seeing me say his name, but uh, the biggest knock on him is that he doesn't complete his tackles with form. And if Mike Zimmer can get a hold of him and fix that up, oh, yeah. I think that Mike could have a really cool playmaker in that defense. For sure. And I, I just worry about them going with a rookie um to be a starter next year is just that worry that they might have a similar offseason to that 
what they had last year with the all the virtual stuff, and they won't get the right. one the one on one time that they are t- t- they're typically used to in OTAs and, and minicamp and stuff like that. So I think the Vikings are maybe realizing that too, as it seems like they're targeting targeting more defensive guys, even even depth wise. They got what Nick Vigil as linebacker. Yeah, you know they're they're looking for more veteran guys who've been in the NFL and know you know what's required of them to to continue on. So I just worry about them going with a rookie to replace Anthony Harris. Well, we're seeing an interesting trend with some of these free agents getting signed. The one-year deals are so prevalent just because of the salary cap situation. With the cap being down, these players are taking these one-year deals, Mm -hmm. and then they're waiting for that salary cap to bounce back next year with the TV deal and the stadium attendance and everything, Mm -hmm. and they are going to be looking to cash Mm -hmm. in. It's going to be wild next (laughs) offseason. Yes, it is. Um, but sp- sticking to this off season, so we're about a week through uh, the free agency period, and the Vikings have they've made a number of significant moves. We already mentioned Patrick Peterson. I mentioned Nick Vigil, and they signed defensive tackle Dalvin Tomlinson. So, with their current roster and some of their departures that they've already had, do you think the Vikings are already a better team than they were in twenty twenty? The answer to that hinges completely on the pass rush. Yeah. If Daniil Hunter is returning, this defense is looking really good right now. Mm-hmm. There are still some holes that need to be filled. There's still that question mark of who's going to be opposite Hunter. But as a whole, just it can't get much worse. It really <laughs> no. can't. Uh, as I was stating about the the defense and that defensive line, allowing teams to just run up the gut consistently and pick up six, seven, eight yards six and touchdowns. break off big, ridiculous yardage. Six touchdowns. <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. And I, I know I see a lot of people saying that the Vikings are kind of slacking on the pass rush by bringing in two bigger guys for the defensive tackle positions mm-hmm. and that Tomlinson's more of a nose. And, yeah, he's a big guy, but don't discount what he can do. He's only about 15 pounds heavier than what a lot of the premier three technique defensive tackles are. That's not a ton of extra weight to be hauling around. I mean, and he it's can not lose like it. it's two Pat Williams is not yeah. on the defensive line. It's, that's not what it is. He can lose 10 pounds too. It's not like it's oh, really sure. difficult. So yeah, I, I think maybe people aren't realizing how big of stopping the run actually impacts the pass rush too, because the Vikings last year, because they weren't able to stop the run, they had a lot of third and twos or third and threes. You know, you stop the run on those first two downs, it's it's third and eight, it's third and ten. Then you get to, you know, uh, pin your ears back and, and actually, like, use your pass rush where I don't think they had as many of those opportunities last year because they couldn't stop the run. And then the, the opposing offense was getting those short yard situations where, you know, they didn't need to sit back in the pocket and, and wait for the pass rush to come and come and get them. So I think the Vikings, you know, getting these two beasts in the middle uh, will will benefit them greatly. And, and I'm just going to go out there and say that I think they are a better team right now than they were last year. Having those two in the middle of that defensive line is going to unlock Eric Kendricks. Kendricks had to play mm-hmm. up by that line because they were getting beat so often that he couldn't really move laterally. Yeah, he uh, he still played very well, though. Absolutely uh, well. But, yeah, he probably was doing a little more than, than he was used to. And then, you know, they get Anthony Barr back this year, too, so that should help him get back to, 
you know, the Eric Kendricks that we were used to that made the All-Pro team in, in 2019. So, And then the lack of a pass rush forced Harrison mm-hmm. Smith to stay back and do a lot more coverage mm-hmm. than he had been before with special blitzes or even run blitzes. Yep. And that was disastrous as well. So it all starts with that pass rush. Oh, for sure. And I'm uh, really interested to see now with these free agent acquisitions yeah. what the Vikings are going to do with that first round pick. Oh, yes. That is a that is a future question. So keep that in mind. Support for the Viking Age podcast is brought to you today by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology development to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners, which is 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. In addition, this trimmer comes with an LED light for a more precise shave and is waterproof to make your shower shave, clean, and dry. So once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code FANSIDED20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. The Vikings, they were rumored to have interest in a number of of the big name free agents, you know, Joe Thune, uh, Trey Hendrickson, Carl Lawson, some of the other guys, but but they all mostly ended up with different teams. Is there a free agent that you would have rather had the Vikings spend their money on this year instead of Tomlinson or Peterson? I really can't argue with any of the players that they've brought in so far. I, I can't. I, of course, being someone who loves the offensive line and gets mad whenever they, get, they don't get Whenever other positions get called skill <laughs> players and, and they don't get that designation despite having a tremendous amount of skill and blocking mm-hmm. and ma- paving the way for running backs. Uh, I would I still want to see a, a, a guard come to the mm-hmm. Vikings. And it's, it's kind of painful to see Minnesota skip over that because I don't trust them to draft a guard. No. We talked about this last time. I, I do not trust them to draft a guard. No, you, but sh- you shouldn't. That's apparently the route that the Vikings are going to take unless they have some other plan that I really have no idea about. Yeah, I think they still got to figure out some things with cap space because I think they have around like maybe maybe three million right now. So they got to figure out, you know, maybe give an extension to Harrison Smith, create some cap space that way, and maybe, maybe an extension for Daniel Hunter. Um, but they got to figure out a way to create some more money if they're going to go after someone who's actually worth being a starter for them next year and not someone yeah. like Dakota Dozier or, or something <laughs> like that. We don't, we don't need to see that again. No, not at all. Um, but yeah, I think I'm okay with, with the guys that they've signed so far. Yeah. It would have been, I think, I feel like maybe the Joe Thune stuff was, was kind of maybe a little overhyped cause he was maybe like the best offensive lineman available. Um, and so, you know, and one of the only good offensive linemen available, he got a ridiculous year. contract though too. Right. And so which is fine. He deserves it. 
Yeah, and the Vikings they weren't do that. They weren't going to pay him that much money. No. Same thing with uh, I feel like Trey Hendrickson got a lot of money, even though he's really only had one good season in his his career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forgot who Carl Lawson ended up with. Um, I I don't know if he resigned with the Bengals. I don't think he did. I think he went somewhere else. Um, but I can't remember right now. So we'll just move on from that. But with their free agent additions so far, you mentioned this earlier. What do you think the Vikings will do with their first round pick in this year's NFL draft? It it opens up that best player available situation. Mm-hmm. And I still don't think it's going to be an offensive lineman. No. Uh, a lot of Vikings fans are cheering for these offensive tackles. And I don't get that mm-hmm. uh, at this point. By cutting Riley Reef, you are putting your eggs in the Ezra Cleveland basket mm-hmm. for him to be at least one of the two mm-hmm. starting offensive tackles, whether they shift Brian O'Neill or not. I don't know. They'll figure out who's better for which position. Hopefully. They brought back their swing tackle mm-hmm. on a really smart deal that saves them a lot of money. It's the cap. So now they're, they pretty much all set at offensive tackle. So I expect the third round to be when we see a guard come off the board for Minnesota. Possibly the second if they trade back. Correct. Because, Correct. you know, Rick Spielman, he's made a couple trades in his <laughs> his draft history. Now, I've already talked about having that need for another pass rusher. And there are, oh, yeah. I'd say, two or three pass rushers that might be worthy of that number 14 pick mm-hmm. in this draft. So, mm-hmm. yeah, what, Quiddy Pay from Michigan? Uh, yeah, maybe Greg. I think Gregory Russo from Miami has been thrown around. There's a couple other yeah, guys. Russo is interesting to watch, especially his highlight tape. Yeah, there's there's some there's some interesting guys out there. I do agree that as much as you know the Vikings added on defense with free agency, it's still going to be defense uh, probably with their their first pick um, because Mike Zimmer be is still the coach, right? I wouldn't <laughs> so, be surprised to see it be a linebacker, not one bit. I wouldn't really? be surprised to see it be a young corner. I was just going to ask you that as cornerback out of the question for the first round now. But with Barr looking to leave next year, the question mark had started for the third starting linebacker. Yeah. It, it does open it up to where if that top linebacker prospect does fall, you got to grab. It's like the top wide receiver thing. If one of those top three wide receivers is there, Minnesota has to draft them as best player available at that point. Yeah. I understand that there are needs at other positions, but once you pigeonhole yourself into drafting a position rather than a talent, you are setting your franchise back, and it's just devastating to do that because you miss out on a player that could be a player that just changes the whole trajectory of your franchise. Yeah, you mentioned they'll probably go defense, but if someone like Devonta Smith right. is there at 14, do you, you pick him or you're like, hey, guys... I'm open to a trade. Who wants At that him? point, you got to have you, you're going to listen to the trade, but yeah. you also really got to consider grabbing that, grabbing that player that's going to make a difference. It'd be weird to have another three deep kind of situation yeah. in Minnesota because it's been a while since Minnesota's had a lot of talent at wide receiver, and bringing back Chad Beebe isn't going <laughs> to turn a lot of heads. And what do you mean they made like a whole excited. video package for him? <laughs> I was I was wondering they did like you know how they do like the the signing videos or whatever of guys oh, coming yeah. in and saying they they did one for BB and I'm like they did one for like their fourth receiver like what wh- <laughs> why did they do that but you know it's the yeah, Vikings. But if Vikings fans had their way Cordero Patterson would be that wide receiver three so listen um I'm not you know not not open to that I'm I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm interested but I'm not you know 
100%. He's a dynamic player. He's exciting. He's fast. They could probably use him as a running back in some points. And you know what? The third receiver in the Vikings offensive scheme doesn't, they're not really a huge factor. Like last no. year, I believe after Thielen and uh, Jefferson last year, the most targeted players were Dalvin Cook and mm-hmm. Irv Smith. Right. So you're looking, if you're a third receiver for the Vikings, you're going to end up being like the fifth or sixth most targeted players. So this whole like going after someone who's a lot of money or something like that to be their third receiver, I don't think it's really necessary. No. For, for the Vikings, because if you if you invest that kind of money in a player like that, I feel like it's more of a waste than than something that their their offense utilizes. If it was a different offense, you know, maybe like the Chiefs' offense, where you need three good receivers, then yeah, go for it. But with the Vikings' offense, that doesn't really utilize three receivers, even when they're just lining up on the field. Um, I think that's not something. I think it's something that's maybe being a little more overemphasized than it probably should be for the Vikings. Do you think we'll see a difference in tight end usage in receiving situations with Rudolph moving on and having more Smith Conklin back there? I think so. I think Kirk Cousins has always been someone who likes to throw to his tight ends. Um, and maybe it's just part of the fact that Rudolph wasn't getting open as quickly um, downfield as someone maybe like a Conklin or Irv Smith. Because you saw when Rudolph was out, when you know it was Conklin and Smith out there, that they were getting a bunch of targets. So Yeah. I'd expect that to probably happen again next year. But speaking of Kirk Cousins, the other day, his $35 million base salary, that's an important uh, phrase, his base salary for the 2022 season became guaranteed. So he currently has a $45 million cap hit for, for 2022. I'm sure you've seen that number thrown around many times. I've seen it mentioned a few times on Twitter. Freaking out uh, for no reason because um, it's a cap hit in a year, um, but it can be lowered with an extension, or the Vikings can trade him before that cap hit even even locks in. So at this point, do you believe, I know it's tough because it's, it's a year away, a lot can happen in a year, but do you believe Kirk Cousins will be the quarterback for the Vikings in 2022, and do you think he will have a new contract by the time he takes the field for their first game in 2022? Absolutely, and I think he'll be the quarterback on the field in 2023. Oh boy. <laughs> Hot take right here. <laughs> well, Minnesota made the decision to free up cap space by kicking his salary down the road. Yeah, they do that it's for easy everybody. To take a look at one sa- one year's salary and say, "Oh my goodness, he's getting paid so much this yeah. year," yeah. without looking back and seeing what the average salary was, and then compare that to average salary versus comparable players at the position. It, it's just ridiculous to get mad about stuff like that <laughs> without looking at the full picture. I get that it looks terrible for the one year. I get it. If if Minnesota was giving him forty million every year, yeah, yeah, that's that's ridiculous. But that's uh, yeah. not the case. It's not even no. close. No, no, they're not. They put that. They put that number there to either trade him or extend him. That's why they right. they put that there. They do that for pretty much all of their contracts. They backload, you know, them ridiculously. Like you look at Barr's contract; he's got two seventeen million dollar cap hits at the end of his his contract. So they do that. They do this with every contract. But yet every time people are like, oh, man, he's got a huge cap in next year. What are they going to do? And it's like, well, they're going to either extend him or trade him or, or get rid of him like they usually do. But for, for some reason with Kirk Cousins, it's like, oh, he's got like the the second <laughs> highest cap hit in 2022. And I'm like, why are we talking about 2022? We still have, you know, Josh Allen could get an extension. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, all those guys are due to, you know, get paid 
So Kirk Cousins money is going <laughs> to keep moving down the line, but people want to talk about it in March because, you know, it's something to talk about. I would rather see a $40 million Kirk Cousins cap hit than have to pay whatever it costs to have Carson Wentz as your quarterback. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm interested to see how he does with the Colts because he's back with um, Frank Reich. But yeah, at this point in their careers, I'd rather rather have Cousins. It's, it's kind of weird saying that because the the start Wentz had in 2017 where he looked like an MVP candidate, yeah. but he hasn't even come close to playing like that again. And paying whatever the Lions are going to be paying for Goff for a little while. Goff and, and even Baker Mayfield, I feel like some people... Either the Browns are kind of stuck in that situation because he could be good, but he's, I don't know if he's, he's worth, you know, that top, top five money that he's probably going to be looking for, um, from the Browns. So we'll see with that. We'll see how that goes. You mentioned Cordell Patterson earlier and recently, recently he told the Vikings on Twitter to hit him up, to give him a call. Um, the Bears have apparently not contacted him about re-signing this year, so he's available. He's probably going to be on a new team. There's other teams that have been reportedly interested in him, but he's he sounds like he's interested in playing for the Vikings. He actually sounds like he's interested in playing for just about any team that wants to pay him right. this year. Um, so if the money is right, and what I recently said about you know the third receiver not really being a huge factor, do you think the Vikings should look into bringing Patterson back as their kick returner and possibly their, their third receiver for next season. Now, I, I might be getting some hate mail for this, but I'll, message, I'll, I'll, I'll spread the message. I'm team touchback. Oh, okay. If you can secure the ball and get a touchback, I am more than happy with that. Mm-hmm. I, I saw the numbers for the comparisons between Abdullah and Patterson and mm-hmm. how the numbers were so lopsided, and that's just because Patterson will take that ball out every time. <laughs> Every time. It Seven matter. yards deep. He'll take it out. And if he gets to the 23, yeah, it's 23 yards that go on a stat sheet. Now, Abdullah takes a knee. He goes out to the 25. The 25 is a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe that's just the Vikings play next year. They'll, they'll just put you know, but anyone back there. What would be kind of cool is having both Dan Chisna and Cordero Patterson as, the gunners? as gunners on special oh, teams. Because that's a lot of, that. of speed. Yeah, I never thought of that. That would be good, you know. He, I feel like he's got a, he's learned more since he left the Vikings. That you know, his role probably isn't gonna be offense, and he's he's really just willing to do probably whatever it takes to just stay on the field. Um, I think if the Vikings do add him, which I would like them to do because their their special their just return game was terrible last year, um, and they need something. You know, I don't. Uh, why doesn't he return punts? I feel like he should be able to do that. I was doing that the article on the three on the, the running back three situation yeah. yep. of whom Minnesota should bring in. And I scoured the, the, the draft class for running backs that are also punt returners mm-hmm. and almost none of them do it. No, nobody likes to return punts probably because guys are just running at you full speed and you have about a second to figure out if you're going to either get clobbered or move out of the way. Yeah. Of, very small amount of them are wide receivers, and then they're mostly corners. Corners, yeah. And when you grow up, you know, you're kind of taught if you're a player that's fast and has talent but doesn't really have the hands, you become a corner and not a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So it makes me wonder why are these players that are less secure with their hands, 
Why are they the ones hauling in these punts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mike Mike Hughes, he's a uh, one of those guys, and that they tried that, and um, it could still work, work out. <laughs> they I tried guess. a lot of guys there. Uh, BB was no good. Osborne was no good. No, 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 nobody. <laughs> and I honestly have no idea who's going to be the punt returner for Minnesota because I just scratch my head at what that is and. I, at this point, I'm willing to accept anybody who can catch the ball and wave their arm. You know, that's that's to me fine. Yeah, at this Secure point, possession. <laughs> at this point, I don't think they know who their punt returner is going to be. So it'll be interesting. If I I really hope that there's a preseason because they need to big time. They, they need those games to figure some of this stuff out. Like I think that's that was part of the reason for their poor start last year. Just they didn't have any preseason to just like figure out who was good at what. Um, and they went into the first couple of weeks with guys that just they didn't know where to put them because they they didn't have, have any game experience. So right, even with Jefferson, he would, they were lining him up in the slot for the first couple of weeks, and they had BC Johnson out there as their their number two guy, and then they put Johnson on or Jefferson on the outside, and he just goes off. If the preseason had played at least three of those four games, do you think Jefferson would have started the season instead of waiting? Oh, for sure. Because he would have had like one monster game or whatever in the preseason, and then they would have been like, oh, yeah, he needs to start. Because <laughs> it took them a little bit of time to realize that, you know, BC Johnson, he's, he's a receiver, but we got this other guy that's and I think so much. From all the stuff that, you know, came out from training camp of the people that were there, like Jefferson, he did well, but he wasn't. He didn't like blow people out of the water with his performance in uh, in in training camp practice. And BC Johnson was just more of maybe I feel like maybe a reliable guy that they could count on. And then when it got to the games, totally different. And that's the case for a lot of players. You know, you look at guys who are not that great in practice: Case Keenum, Kyle Sloter. They get in the game situations way different. I'm sure Sean Mannion's great in practice too. Uh Probably not. He's just bad at everything. <laughs> um, hey, he's still a free agent. They haven't resigned he him is. yet. So, so fingers I'm still, crossed. They I got know. someone else in mind. I'm holding out. They still have two quarterbacks on their roster, so maybe they'll stick with those guys. I'm fine with uh, that too. Um, <laughs> one last question before we get out of here, and as I as I typically end the show, when you've come on in the past, it has to do with wrestling. So, all right, with the last pay per view before WrestleMania happening tonight. Will The Fiend return tonight to set up a match between him and Randy Orton at WrestleMania? You know, I did just realize that we always end up doing these podcasts right before <laughs> wrestling pay-per-view. And it's, it's a lot of fun. And also, I do want to note that with WWE Network coming to an end, everything moving to Peacock, mm-hmm. that's such an interesting move. This is the first pay-per-view on Peacock, too, so I would expect some some big things to, to happen tonight. I, yeah, I think they're going to... Show us a lot heading in. Um, maybe have a nice little debut from NXT or something. Uh, or, a re- or a return or something, maybe. Yeah. yeah. This is a great opportunity for them. And I'm not sure if now is the right time to bring the Fiend back. Because the way they wrote him off was just absolutely brutal. Burn him alive. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to see him. But I think they're going to push a little bit harder with the Alexa Bliss stuff a little bit. Yeah, I'm curious to see like what happens with that if they're going to just have her do a bunch of tricks and stuff because I don't I don't think she's going to try and wrestle Randy Orton like straight up. Yeah, they, I don't I don't think they can do that, and they don't have anything really set up for Randy Orton to have a 
a woman wrestler ready yeah. to take her especially on her size soon. right <laughs> was he gonna do punter in the face like, <laughs> i don't think that would go over well with the public so yeah i mean it's it's a strange situation whatever they're setting up and i am personally ready to see what it is yeah. but i don't think it's going to be the return of the fiend oh all right well let's i'm hoping that. it does happen because then i'll be shocked are there any other matches you're you're interested in i'm interested in the uh the shinsuke rollins match i think that might have a the, the chance to steal the show I've never been a massive fan of strong style wrestling. Oh no. It's a bit slow for me and it is. It depends heavily on the person selling the strong style as far as yeah. how the match is gonna go. Yeah. But the good news is that Rollins is an amazing seller. Oh yeah. He's they're, excellent they're, in the ring. Yeah. So you are right. This match does have the potential to be just absolutely great. And it's gonna be one to watch. Does Cesaro get hurt? Or is that like an angle? Is that is that a work? I'm not sure. I've only been watching them on Twitch, yeah. so I haven't been seeing the news, but <laughs> it's weird that WWE still allows some people to do their stuff on Twitch and not others, but that's a story yeah, for another time. Yeah, yeah, that is that is interesting. Do they do it on like the an official channel, or is it their own channel? No, they each have their own channel, which is kind of fun. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, because they got rid of, um, what's, what's her name? Selena Vega or whatever, because... She didn't want to stop her thing, but maybe it's because does does the do they only do like wrestling related stuff? Because I I don't think she did she did like cosplay and stuff. I feel like, uh, no, actually, a lot of them just play regular video games and interact with their fans. A lot of the guys from the Undisputed Era have their own channel. Oh, and um, well, it used to be the Undisputed Era, <laughs> formerly known as. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that'll do it for us today. Uh, where can people follow you on Twitter? I am MN Viking Zombie on pretty much every form of social media you can find. You can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram if you like looking at my cats, because that's basically what I post over there. I, I'm also MN Viking Zombie on Twitch, but I haven't been streaming very much lately because I've been watching a lot of television, getting <laughs> ready for a lot of the new reality shows that are coming. I'm a big brother fan and stuff like that. So if you just want to talk horror movies or reality TV or something, Minnesota Vikings football, the walking dead hit me up. Um, I think I cut you off. I don't think you shared with me what other matches you're interested in. I honestly haven't taken a really good look down the card. Okay. So I'm going to, to uh, I think there's uh they got, sure. well, you got Daniel Bryan and, and Roman Reigns. Um, with I think Edge is the special enforcer or whatever. I've never been. Uh, Roman's a lot better as a heel mm-hmm. than he is as a face, but mm-hmm. I'm just still not really 100% sold into this match because I'm not sure what they're doing with Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I, I think he's sort of a just a placeholder for them to get to, to WrestleMania. Which is fine. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to have him do everything. But there's a part of me that really hates when they take a wrestler and they use him as a filler when he is really a good, good wrestler. Mm-hmm. All right, here's the card. So we got Alexa Bliss, Randy Orton, we got Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus, um, <laughs> Nakamura and Rollins. Then you got the Women's Tag Team Championship with uh, Nia Jax and uh. Shayna Baszler versus Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Um, 
Then you got Big E versus Apollo Crews for the Intercontinental Championship. That could that'll probably be pretty good. Um, yeah. And Reigns and, and Daniel Bryan. And then for the U.S. title, you got Matt Riddle and Mustafa Ali, which or Mustafa Mustafa Ali. Yeah, they keep giving him a name. He's like Ali, and then they add Mustafa back in, and <laughs> I, I don't know, but. I know that there's a lot of controversy surrounding Matt Riddle, but oh, he's so yeah. entertaining. Yeah. It, a, it's hard not to enjoy watching him, but it makes you wonder well as well if this push that he's getting is really something that's right at this time. Because we're seeing a lot of the stuff that's coming out about uh, Deshaun Watson right now mm-hmm. and how that might hurt his trade value. And mm-hmm. I, I know that the first thing I mentioned is his trade value, but of course, the allegations are serious. And if this is something that actually is a problem that it should be addressed and be taken seriously. Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, it's all about the image that you want to portray. And so yeah. far I haven't seen much of anything from Houston or the NFL, as far as any kind of response. So I think they're just, they're investigating into what, what else is going on. It's all, uh, it just, it's an interesting situation that, you know, people will pay attention to. And hopefully the, I guess the truth comes out either with for the victims or, or, or for Watson. But I do enjoy watching Ali a lot and I enjoy watching Riddle a lot. So yeah. I will be watching that match. How do you and, feel about people wrestling in bare feet? Cause I am not a fan. <laughs> it works with his gimmick with yeah, the former UFC gimmick kind of thing. I remember Rusev used to do it and then he right. changed to like boots or whatever. Cause does he I feel wrestle like boots it, in AEW? I don't know if he does an AEW. I haven't really paid attention to him there, but I remember he switched. Now I'm going to have to watch because I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> he switched uh, in WWE. And then there's, there's been guys in the past who just, I think maybe Umaga did it. Yeah, a lot uh, of Simone guys do, did the barefoot yeah. thing. But they, but they taped their feet, though, too. Right. So I, I, it's a weird it's a weird thing. If you don't watch wrestling, it's hard to understand. You're like, why, why does it matter if they wrestle in, in bare feet or not? It's just, it's a weird, like, aste- aesthetic thing, I feel like, bothers me. <laughs> It's it's about well it's more weird than WWE cracking down on wrestlers slapping their leg to make the sound for it. Oh yeah, I did see that. I'm like, who cares? Like, who cares? <laughs> and like wrestlers when, are trained to do that when they're yeah. on, when they're on their way up. It adds to the you know the it's, it's lack what made of the young bucks famous. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So whatever. But yes, you shared your Twitter. Go follow uh, Adam on Twitter. Go follow the Viking Age on Twitter. Uh, at the Viking Inch, go follow us on Facebook too as well. Subscribe to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, we will talk to you later.